said that you inhabit the praises of your people. And Lord, we have created a habitation for you here today. We have praised and worshiped, and you have been faithful and true. And Lord, you are here in our midst today, Lord. I feel your presence. Your anointing is in this house today, oh Lord. Lord, your word tells me that your anointing will break every yoke, oh Lord. Lord, I just pray today that every yoke would be broken. Every yoke of sickness, every yoke of anxiety, every yoke of depression, oh Lord. Every yoke, oh God, would be broken in this place today. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we declare, Lord, every yoke is broken here today, oh Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, let there be freedom. Let there be liberty in this place. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom, Lord. This is the house of freedom. Lord, we thank you for it, oh Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Is there just some, if there's somebody beside you there that you're comfortable with, you don't have to get in your face, just reach over and just lay your hand on their shoulder right now. Just speak freedom in their life right now. Would you do that? Lord, we speak freedom into one another's lives right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we don't have to slap each other on the forehead, but Lord, we simply make a point of contact, Lord. We lay our hands on one another today, and we declare freedom, Lord, in each and every life here today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we speak freedom. We speak life. We speak healing, oh Lord. Lord, we lift one another up today in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here in our midst. Thank you for what you're doing in this church family, Lord. We declare your freedom. We declare your healing. We declare your liberty, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you for what you're doing, oh Lord. Thank you for what you're doing, oh Lord, in our midst today. Oh, we just praise your name. Thank you, oh Lord. Thank you, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, one more time. Sing out, oh come. What a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down before him. Bow down before him. For he is Lord. thankful for his blood today are you thankful for his freedom come on give god praise this morning hallelujah 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 if you just remain standing with me just a few more moments take your bibles turn with me to the book of joshua chapter 14 our kids can be dismissed to children's church at this time joshua chapter 14 
Joshua chapter 14 and verse 6. We'll say this as you're, as you're turning there, just to kind of let you know where, where we're going, remind you that this is the 100th year of the ministry of the Starkville Church of God, and our theme for this year is 100 in 22. As we continue in that theme, next week I'm going to begin about a three-week series on Hold the Rope. And so I want to encourage you to be getting ready, kind of take my basis from the Apostle Paul uh, was in danger. And uh, there was a time that Paul did give his life in martyrdom, but how many of you know he didn't until God was done, until God was ready? And at that particular time, God was not done, and so they had to lower him out of the window in a basket. Now, the Bible's not specific on whether it was a chain, a rope, a bed sheet, but it's my sermon series, and so I'm going to say that it was a rope that they had attached to that basket, and uh, we're going to talk about for the next few weeks on holding the rope, so I want to encourage you to be here and invite someone. I remind you that statistic. It is very, very high that most people come to church not because of a billboard, not because they think the pastor's a cool guy, or even the worship pastor's a cool guy, even as cool as he is. The vast majority of people that begin to come to church is because a friend or a family member invited them to come. So I want to encourage you over the next several weeks of this new year, and this is a prime time at the first of the year that people are like, you know, maybe I do need to get into church or back into church. I want to encourage you uh, to invite someone to church. How many of you know somebody needs to be in church? Come on, let me see you. I'm not talking about stealing them from other churches. I'm talking about somebody that ain't even in church that needs to be in church. I want to encourage you to invite them. Joshua chapter 14, we're going to read verses 6 through verse 14. Uh, and I'm going to let you be seated this morning. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 from the NIV. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report concerning uh, according to my convictions but my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear I however follow the Lord my God wholeheartedly so on that day Moses swore to me the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country and the Lord, that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, 
son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the character of a conqueror. As we continue in this thought of 122, 100% in 2022, I want to talk to you about the character of of a conqueror. Would you stretch your hands this way and ask for God to anoint me? I'm going to do the same for you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful group of people that have gathered here today. We have come as the body of Christ, the church of the living God. And Lord God, I pray for each person here, Lord, under the sound of my voice, those that may be listening by podcast, Lord, I pray that you would open their heart, their mind, their spirit. I pray that the Word of God would fall onto good ground and would bring forth a multiplied harvest. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me. Lord, I am only an earthen vessel. Lord, I'm not able to change anybody. I'm not able to do anything great on my own. But Lord, as Caleb said, as long as you're with me, as long as I've got you with me, Lord, I know that there is no limit to what can happen. And so I pray that you'd give me that clarity of thought and speech that is so necessary. Let me preach like a man from another world. Let your anointing be heavy here in this place. I give you the praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. Well, we come to this part in Scripture, and I want to remind you, for those that don't know, and I, I've shared this before, uh, you know, used to when I first started out preaching, and it seemed like I was always preaching to church people, and it seemed like church people even at that time knew the Scriptures. But sadly, more and more we find that even people that sit on church pews every single Sunday are more and more biblically illiterate as we go along. And so, I don't want to insult anybody, but maybe there's somebody here that you're like, yeah, I don't really know that much about the Bible. So I'm going to give you just a little quick background. We come to this story here in the book of Joshua, and Israel has now, they have crossed over Jordan. They have taken most of the promised land that God had promised to Abraham many, many years before. However, something had happened about 45 years previously and that was that God had intended for Israel to conquer the promised land 45 years earlier. Now, I've even preached to you before that there was, as Israel left the captivity of Egypt, God did take them in a little bit of a longer route to prepare them for what God was about to do. But God's plan was never the 40-year wilderness wandering. That was never in God's plan. However, Moses had sent out 12 spies to go and spy out the land. And out of those 12 spies, 10 came back. And every, well, all 12 agreed it's a great land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is a great place. However, the difference came when it came time to say, well, God has promised this to us and we can take it. Ten of those spies came back and said, yeah, it's good, but they are giant. They're giants there. Uh, there's no way we can take them. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. There's just no way we're going to do this. We're going to just go in there and we're going to get defeated and killed and we need to just give up on this. This is me paraphrasing, of course, but on two of those, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, yes, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, there are giants, but I believe that just as Caleb said here after the fact and talking about this next place, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out 
just as he said. Two men that had the faith and the confidence to say that no matter how big the circumstances are, we serve a God that is bigger than every circumstance and every giant and anything that could ever come our way. So can I stop for just a moment and just remind everyone that's come by Starkville Church of God this morning that if you will put your trust and your confidence in Jesus Christ, He is bigger. He's bigger than every giant. He's bigger than every mountain. He's bigger than every problem. He's bigger than every sickness. There is nothing that you will face in your life that God Almighty does not have the power and the ability to get you through. Somebody say amen. Now because of this, Israel believed the ten doubters. And because they chose to believe the ten doubters, an entire generation had to die off. Joshua and Caleb were the only two from that generation left that were not died, that had not died off in that wandering in the wilderness. And I, we, you know, let's look at this from a reality standpoint. Man, how easy would it have been if you watch all of your friends, everybody your age, you wander around this wilderness for 40 long years, and, and your friend Billy Bob, oh, there goes Billy Bob, he's dead. Oh, George is dead. Suddenly, your entire generation is gone. And here you are, the old man, left with all of these kids. And you have wandered around. And for 45 years, you've been waiting on this promise. I'm just going to be honest. It might would have been easy for me to get discouraged. After wandering around for 45 years with these people, for 40 years with these people, I would almost be tempted to take on the same mentality of, as them. They're wandering around. You know, we never could have took that land. I don't even know why we're not in Egypt anymore. We're just wandering around this day. We should have just stayed in Egypt. You know, a bunch of them said that. We should have just stayed in captivity. We should have just stayed in bondage. And for 40 years, Joshua and Caleb had to wander around with these people saying this same exact thing. And it is a thousand wonders that Joshua and Caleb did not pick up this same mentality that they had. But thanks be to God that some way, somehow, through the grace of God, Joshua and Caleb did not not take on that mentality, but they kept this spirit and this character of a conqueror. Now, I know there's a lot to be said about, yes, you need to surround yourself with people that will believe, and yes, you need to surround yourself with people of like faith, and all those things are true, but let's be honest, sometimes there's a certain amount in your life that you don't really have a choice of who you're going to hang around and who you're going to be around. We're stuck in this world for right now and there's a whole lot of people that don't have much faith that have a whole lot of doubt that could care less about Christ and even mock him and it might be easy for us to just give up and lay down and quit but let me just remind us in January of 2022 I still believe that it is possible if two old men can watch an entire generation die out and 
still hang on to the promise of God, I need to let you know it is possible for us today in this place to not give up on the promises that God has for us and continue to have the character of a conqueror and say that if God be for me, who in the world can be against me? I've come to call us to take up the character of a conqueror again. And so here's this man, 85 years old, that has this character, this tenacity. And one tragedy in life is that so many people get so easily satisfied with mediocrity and never rise to the opportunity to better themselves. And while it is true that all of us can't be the best, I want to let you know because sometimes we get all mixed up in this, and I've come to learn that there's always going to be somebody a little better than us. Believe it or not, I found out that there are people that are better looking than me. Come on, yeah, y'all know it. Y'all are like, you dodo, you should have known that a long time ago. I did, I figured that out a long time ago. But it was a little better when I had hair, though, you know. After that, I've just completely given up. There are people out there, I know, that are better pastors than me. They're better preachers than me. I know that. There are people out there that are way smarter than me. Thank God I got a wife and two children that are all way smarter than me. There's always going to be somebody that is better than us. And while it is true that there's always going to be people a little bit smarter, a little bit faster, a little bit taller, all of those things, it's also true that we all can be our best. You see, I believe that no matter how good, there, there's probably 15,000 preachers today right around us preaching that are better than me, but I've got to come to the place where I'm not trying to compare myself to anybody else, but I just have to put myself in God's hand and say, I might not be as good as the preacher down the street, but God, I just want to be the best Dennis Laughlin that you have called me to be because I'm not being put up against anybody else. I I'm being put up against who he has called me to be. When I stand in front of God, he's not going to ask me, were you, were you as good as Stephen Furtick? Were you as good as Rod Parsley? Were you as good as Joel Osteen? Just take your pick and your flavor. It don't matter. No, he's going to say, were you the best Dennis Laughlin that I called you to be? And I've come to challenge us this morning to make sure that we're not trying to put ourselves up against anybody else. We've got to put ourselves up against it's this right here, what God has called us to be, and to be the best us that God has called us to be, but not settle on being a mediocre us. Caleb is 85 years old. He's at a place called Gilgal. Israel has conquered the promised land. A lot of stuff has already been handed out. Disbursements are going out. The tribes, the people are getting their section of the land. And suddenly, with the exception of Joshua, the oldest dude in the place speaks out. Now, Israel had to have known his voice because, again, he's been there. I mean, he's been there since all of these other people were born. They've heard his voice before. And Caleb speaks out. The King James says, give me 
this mountain. NIV says, now give me this hill country that God has promised me. You've heard the phrase before, you're asking for trouble. And Caleb literally was. He was asking for this mountain, this hill country called Hebron. A place that was still infested with the enemy. A place where the Anakites, the giants, still were. They were giants. They were ruthless to deal with. But Caleb did not care what was in his way. He knew that God had promised something to him. I'm feeling it right now. And he wasn't about to let anybody or anything stand in his way. I need to speak deep down to somebody right now and remind you that if God has given you a promise, don't you let any giant intimidate you. Don't let any problem get you down. If you know that it came from God and God has promised it, please don't let anything keep you from it. Caleb had the character of a conqueror, no task too great, no challenge too demanding, and God is looking for those kind of people today to have that character of a conqueror, that Caleb character. What is involved in this? Well, I know I only got a certain amount of time, and y'all are going to be hungry, so I've got four things I want to give you very quickly if you're taking notes. Number one, this character of a conqueror has trust. Everybody say trust. Caleb had proved his trust in God as one of those original 12 men that Moses sent over to spy the land. In fact, we find him speaking out in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. The people were murmuring. They were turning against Moses. They were complaining. They were ready to turn back. And we find Caleb begins to speak up. And the Bible said in Numbers 13 and 30, Caleb stealed the people and said, We can do this and everybody else just kind of <laughs> come on y'all been there before Y'all been there, you try to get excited, you try to get pumped up, you try we can do this and then everybody's like, no we can't no we can't. there's no way we can do this. we can certainly take this. Lamb. Now, can I stop for just a second? It's up there on the screen. Can you imagine this? This is the 45 years previous. This is why I'm talking about it would have been so easy to just take on the mentality of the Go to that verse 31. I see it back there, if you can put it up there. But the men who have gone up with them said, we can attack those people. They're stronger than we are. Man, how easy it would have been to just take on this same mentality of these people. But Caleb had trust in the Lord his God. He trusted him. Now, in Joshua chapter 14, we find his trust displayed again in verse 8. I'm going to read it again. I know we read it already. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I... However, follow the Lord my God wholeheartedly. And then in verse 12 he says, Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But 
the Lord helping me, I will drive them out. What? Just as he said. You see, he had a trust and a confidence in God. Caleb was not ignorant of the fact he was an 85-year-old man. In the flesh, it would seem like there's no way that this old geezer could ever go in to a land and a hill country of giants with fortified cities and take the land. But Caleb said it. That was so key. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them. I need somebody to get this down in your spirit in January of 2020 that no matter what you've got facing you this year, no matter what you are pursuing, no matter what God has called you to do, as long as you've got God helping you, there is nobody or nothing that can stand in your way. I need you to know that as long as God is on your side, as long long as you are with him, there is nothing that is impossible with him. Come on, give him praise if you believe it. I thought all this snow, I wouldn't get hot in this thing, and I'm already burning up in this sweater. He trusted God's ability. He said, I can only do this because God is with me. It doesn't matter what it is. We're not going to be able to accomplish it. Without the Lord's help. Listen, I know, I know it seems like as a church, it, it would seem impossible. It would seem impossible with some of the things that the church has faced and, and, and some of the obstacles. It'd be like, you know, Starkville Church of God could just never really move forward and never be, you know, the, the, the pastor's not cool enough. He doesn't have enough hair. You know, it's just, there's just no way that this, all this big talk, it's no way. Well, by ourselves, yes, it's impossible. But I believe the Lord helping us. There is nothing impossible for us. I believe that with the Lord helping us, we can be this city set on a hill that he's called us to be. I believe that with the Lord helping us that we can impact this community. I believe that with the Lord helping us, we can see a revival break forth in the university that we are nearly attached to here in this city. He trusted God's ability and he trusted God's agenda. If it was not God's plan for Caleb to have the mountain, he would never have had it. You see, the problem we often run into is that we make the plans and ask God to rubber stamp those plans. Oh, y'all are getting quiet now. That's all right. You see, part of the trust was that Caleb trusted God's plan. And if you truly want the assurance of victory, then what you also need to do is you need to know God's plan for your life. You need to know God's direction for your life. Because many times we come up with this grand scheme and these grandiose plans, and we think they're great. And sometimes we want to try to even act like they're the Lord, but they're all us. And I'm going to tell you something this morning. I, you know, I don't understand all of God's plan. And in my life, I've thought that even, even in a general direction, y'all follow, even in a general direction in following God's plan, sometimes I think that it's going to be this way to get there, but God's plan is to go here, here, up here. Come on now, y'all ain't liking that, I know. 
And sometimes even when I'm following in the general direction of God's plan, sometimes the plan turns out looking a little different than what I thought it was going to. And I'm going to tell you that all this talk about conquering and getting you excited and pumped up, that's all good. But I also have to remind you that you need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and listen to Him and say, God, am I I on your path? Am I going where you want me to go? Is this your agenda? Is this my agenda that I want you to rubber stamp? Or is this your agenda? Because if I know this is yours, I know it's going to happen. Got trust. I got to move on. I'm taking way too long. Number two. We find in this character of a conqueror, tenacity. Everybody say tenacity. Caleb never fell victim to the that will do syndrome. I mean, really and truly, I've told you this. He's been around all these people, these defeated people, these doubting people for 40 years, watching them die off. Five years, they've gone in and conquered the land. And it would have been easy because a whole lot had been conquered. Man, it would have been so easy for Caleb to just step up there. I mean, he's I mean, he's one of the main dudes. I told you that him and Joshua, they're the oldest ones. They were the only one left from that generation. And wouldn't it have been so easy for him to just stand up and say, listen, you all know me. I'm older than all of y'all. I knew your parents, your grandparents. They died off. Me and Joshua's the only one. Why don't y'all just go ahead and give me this, this best little part? We've, all, we've already conquered it. It's already done. I'm an old man. Why don't you all just give me this? I'm just going to settle for this right here. This is nice. This is good. This is already conquered. I'm good here. He could have done it. You know, I got a feeling that with the position that he had, he probably would have received it, don't you? Don't you think that Joshua and most of the people, you know what? He has. He's, he's been here with us. You know, he's, he's kind of our grandpa of the whole nation, you know, and so let's just, you, yeah, Caleb, you just you take this little nice little place right here by this little lake and just settle down and, and be satisfied. But Caleb, in that character of a conqueror, could not be satisfied with that. He knew that there was more. And listen, while there are resting places for certain seasons, I believe there are no permanent stopping places for the church of the living God. You see, we are only strangers and pilgrims in this world. If you don't believe me, you you pick up this Bible this week and you start reading that. Search that out. This world, you know, we used to sing them old songs like that. This world is not my home. I am only passing through. You, you see, this world is not where I intend to set up camp. I, we are just, we're just kind of, we're just on our way through this land. We're heading to a better place. We are on our way. So this is not a place. God has never called us to just stop and be satisfied. You see, as a church, you know, God is going to help us, I believe, and, and we're going to hit certain places where it might be easy to just be satisfied. We might, we're going to eventually get to that place where this church used to be in the good old days, in the heyday, and you know, we could get there and have those kind of numbers and be like, oh my, my, this is nice. We're comfortable. 
you know, the bills are paid. We've got a good group of people. We got good music. We got good singers. We've got good teachers. Like all my friends, it would be nice to just sit down and be satisfied here. But can I just tell you that God has not called us to be satisfied? God has not. Caleb could have just set up camp. He could have settled down there in the valley. But he said, absolutely not. God promised me that mountain, and I will not quit until I have taken what God had promised me. Starkville Church of God, we can never be satisfied when it comes to getting to certain places. We must continue to press on and say, until every soul has been saved, until every person has accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ, we cannot stop. We cannot quit. We must continue with a tenacity that will not stop. Got to keep moving. Number three, what else does that character of a conqueror include? Y'all ready for this one? It includes tenure. Everybody say tenure. Now, some of y'all are familiar with that because you're involved in education and the university system and different jobs. You know what tenure means. And Caleb was a man of tenure. And you've got to realize that you don't take a mountain overnight. You see, Caleb, I've already told you, he had already invested 45 years with Israel, 40 years of just wandering around, five years of conquering what was not even his to get to the place where he was going to conquer what was his. And he had stayed through the plowing stage. He had stayed through the sowing stage. He had stayed through the cultivating stage. And he knew that harvest was just ahead. You know, I've seen many people over the years, sadly, in their walk with Christ, to make it so far, to go through so much, and give up right on the brink of the harvest. I've seen so many people over the years be faithful and invest and give up right before it's there. And now we've got a mentality in this world that has just continued to plague us, that, that we want everything right now, immediately. I've got to have it now. We're not willing to invest. We're not willing to, to, to sow into it. And I try, to, I try to do this with both my kids, you know, just to make it easy. Sports. You know, I, I have to tell, I've told Jaden before, like, you're not going to be Tiger Woods overnight. You have to swing the club and swing the club and swing the club and swing the club. Molly Kate played basketball for the first time this year. And she said, you know, and she's getting frustrated. I'd be like, listen. You're not going to be Michael Jordan overnight because he is the GOAT. I don't know if there's any of those fooled by LeBron or not, but Michael Jordan is the GOAT and the greatest of all time. I had to throw that in there, but you're not going to be Michael Jordan overnight. It takes practice. It takes shooting and shooting and shooting. It's like, I'm having trouble just making a layup. How do you do that? And I'm like, because I've done it over and over and over. 
just over and over and over, shooting layups, goofing off, just playing. And it takes it. Listen, we, we've come to the place where we want, it, we want to be an expert at everything right now. We listen to all this self-help stuff, and we feel like that we're just supposed to step into something and be great at it immediately. Listen, if we're going to take the mountain, if we're going to have the character of a conqueror, it's going to take some tenure. It's going to take some time. Let me tell you what, what, what concerns me here, and I don't want to get deep down in this too much. How many of y'all ever heard of the Mars Hill Church? Anybody ever heard of the Mars Hill Church? The Mars Hill Church, and uh, it became one of the biggest churches in the nation and overnight pretty much collapsed because of its pastor. And I've been listening to the podcast of the Christianity, I believe it's Christianity Today, put together this whole investigation, this podcast on what happened to Mars Hill, what what went on. And the pastor's uh, uh, secretary, administrative assistant at one time, was talking, and, 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 and they were talking, she was talking with some elders' wives, and like, what's it like working with them? It's like, it's great, he's, he's, you know, he's just so dedicated, such a great teacher, and they're like, you know what? You know, what, what do you think, what's, what's one thing you think that he could use and would help him? And she said, well, you know what, he really needs, he needs some older, wiser men around him that aren't afraid, because he's a pretty brash guy, Driscoll was, still is. And she said, really just some good seasoned men that would just stand toe-to-toe with him and, and, and be willing to, you know, kind of help him if he was to get off key. Well, she got all, the, a day or so later, she got called into a meeting, relieved of her job for saying that he didn't need that. He was in his 30s at the time, pastoring a church of thousands, preaching conferences and everything. And I say that to say this, the more, the more I see, the more I'm convinced of the fact that we need, we need tenure. We need time. We're so inundated with a generation that wants, that wants controls and wants the reins right now. But can I just tell you something? I'm 42, and I'm telling you, I, I don't know as much as somebody that's 84. There's time. There's a tenure. You want to be, because we don't think about that. We say, oh, we're going to get too old. No, Caleb was 85 years old, but he also had tenure. He had wisdom. i got to keep on. I see the clock. Fourthly and finally, I'm done with this. To have the character... Of a conqueror, got to have toughness. A tenderfoot will never take the mountain. It's not work for the spineless. It's not a work for the weak need. Can I tell you something? If I would have given up first time, I would have got my feelings hurt. I would have given up a long time ago. Let's just be honest. There's some times where there's going to be tough times. And, and as much as we don't like to talk about this and say this, I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to say it. Sometimes, sometimes mean stuff even happens in church. Sometimes church people even say some really hateful, horrible things. But we have to have a toughness, it demands grit grace and gumption and the only way that that's going to work is if we go back to what I said at the beginning if we have God with us can I tell you that that to have that kind of toughness we're going to have to have the help of the Holy Spirit we can contrast Caleb with Lot 
You go back to the story of Abraham and Lot. And Abraham and Lot, they were getting so much stuff, they couldn't stay together anymore. Fights were breaking out with their servants and everything. We're like, we, we have so much stuff, we've got to go separate ways. And they stood up on the hill. And Abraham said to his nephew, he said, hey, you, you go take, here's, here's what's available. Take what you want. I give you your pick. And if you know the story, you know what happened. Lot saw the green grass, the fertile fields near Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, that's what I want. The easy road, the easy way. Abram, Abraham said, you go that way, I'll go this way, I'll, I'll take this. You know the story that Lot ends up losing everything. You see, when given a choice, Caleb, no doubt in my mind, could have taken, like I said earlier, he could have taken the easy place. He could have just stopped and said, you know what? Who needs that hill country? I'm an old man. Just give me this nice little city by the lake. But Caleb said, no, I'm not going to be satisfied there because that's not what God promised me, and that's what not, God, not what God has for me, and I am going to pursue. He had a toughness that would say, I will not stop. Would you stand with me all over the building this morning? God is looking for the character of a conqueror today who has it, who's willing to reach a little higher, who's willing to stay a little longer, work a little harder, pay the price of a little bit more. Who would be willing to trade the spirit of that will do for the spirit of and then some? I'll tell you what I find interesting as well. Something that stirs me as a pastor and a father especially. As you go to the very next chapter in chapter 15. And you find someone else there. You find Lot's daughter. Or excuse me, Caleb's daughter, I'm sorry. Verse 16 of chapter 15, there in the book of Joshua. Caleb said, I will give my daughter, Aksa, in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kirith Sethar. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter, Aksa, to him in marriage. Now listen to this. One day when she came to Othniel, her new husband, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What can I do for you? She replied, Do me a special favor. Since you have given me land in the Negev, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and the lower springs. What does that tell me? It tells me that this character of a conqueror didn't just end with Caleb passed it on to his daughter I mean she told her husband she's like hey hey ask daddy for ask daddy for them springs ask him before he could ever even do it she's like never mind I'll do it myself as a father that's what I want I want to pass down to her I want to pass down to Molly Kate 
I want to have the, 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 the character of a conqueror that I can pass down to my children. And not only just my blood children, but as a pastor, I want it to be something that is not only just in me, but in everyone who calls me their pastor. That I could see people say, I'm not satisfied with anything less than what God has for me. I'm not talking about the American spirit of greed where I want, I'm talking about I am pursuing what God has for me, what God wants for me, and in that I will not be satisfied until I get what He wants for me. He wants more. He's got more for me. And I won't give up until I have it. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. I'm not going to stay here for a long time and ask you if you don't want to come. But I do want to take just a moment here and say if you're here this morning and as we continue on this theme of 122, 100%, 2022 if you're here and you say I want the character of a conqueror would you come find a place in this altar right now you say I want the character of a conqueror that's what I want I don't want to be satisfied with anything less than what God has for me I'm not talking about a greedy pursuit I'm talking about a determined a determined mindset that says if God wants it for me then I am determined that I have to get it I can't be satisfied with any less than that anybody else here this morning you say I I want the character of a conqueror I don't want to be satisfied with anything less than what God wants for me come on step out right now that's right just come find a place just find a place and say I want what God has for me Some of you need to step out and say, I not only want what God has for me, but I want what God has for my children. I want want to be like Caleb. I want my children to have the character of a conqueror as well. I want them to say, I won't be satisfied with anything less than what God Almighty has for me. I want the promises of God in my life and my children. Maybe even somebody would even be so bold and step out with me and say, that's what I want for my church. That's what I want for the Starkville Church of God. I want everything that God has for us, and I don't ever want to get satisfied until we have what God has called us to have. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Come on, just begin to ask him. Say, Lord, give me the character of a conqueror. Give me the character of a conqueror right now. I want to operate in the character of a conqueror. In Jesus' mighty name, as they begin to sing. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Dances all around that the spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere is changing now. For the spirit of the Lord is here. 
right now in the name of Jesus I pray for every person that is believing you for that character of a conqueror that you would help them Lord that you would give it to them that they would have those qualities I know there's more but God that those four qualities you would give them that and more so that they can see fulfilled the promises that you have for them in the name of Jesus Christ and we agree together as the church Lord that we will not be satisfied, that we will not just stop and sit down, that we're not going to come to a place where we reach a, a comfortable plateau, that we come to a place, I know we will, we'll come to a place where it will be easy to say, let's just sit down here and enjoy what God has blessed us with. And while there will be seasons of rest and seasons to catch our breath, that we would never be satisfied Lord, that we would never just stop in one place until the mission, the great commission has been completely and totally fulfilled in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just thank you for it. We praise you for it today, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Give us that character. Yes. Yes, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. 